The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand on Elliott, plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now, your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Walker, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. Good morning, Cowboys Nation. Welcome in to Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. Here from the SWBC studios at the Star in Frisco. It is a beautiful Wednesday morning in Cowboys Nation, as week one is officially here. And the Cowboys prepare to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Sunday night football 720 kickoff at AT&T Stadium alongside Patrick Nosey Walker, Isaiah Stanback, Rob Phillips. We've got Chris Beam in the back. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Quite well, my friend. Quite well. Wonderful. Wonderful. Freaking rad. I'm rad today. You're rad? I'm rad. Is it the air conditioning? <laughs> Freaking A. Yeah. Is it the air conditioning? Yes, the air conditioning. Yeah. You know, sweet here. It's, it's, it's nice here, right? It's nice to have it. Yes. <laughs> We're referencing an article that Isaiah sent earlier this morning about SoFi Stadium not having actual AC. Unreal. And just using architecture to try and use their (laughs) Pacific Ocean air that, of course, is not really close to the Pacific Ocean at that point um, to cool their stadium. Mm. It didn't really work. Um, It's hot there. Yeah. Ultimately, there, like, it, it, the article was talking about how hot it's going to be this weekend, right? The bills or, actually, the, tomorrow, tomorrow, yeah, bills right? in the tomorrow Rams night. tomorrow, yes. tomorrow night. How it's like in the upper nineties, and how it's going to be a hot box in there. And we were, we were just talking Rob, about how Dallas Cowboys Stadium is three times less the cost, right? AT and T Stadium it costs right. three times less, but has nice cooled air conditioning. Has yeah. to absolutely has to, yeah. And it's hotter, like in Oxnard. Yeah. Nice, cool temps, especially at night. Gets hotter in the valley down there in L.A. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting game. Bills and the Rams. We aren't picking that game because we'll we'll pick on Friday. So we'll we'll let the Thursday night football kind of happen. But if we were going to pick, you want to pick it right now? Freaking do it! Who you got? Rams or Bills? Bills. Yeah, I think I got the Bills too. I hadn't thought about this at all. The Same. <laughs> I, I haven't either. Same. For being honest, where's the game? It's in L.A. I'll go L.A. Oh, yeah. Stafford says he's got no limitations. Oh, zero. Limitations. We'll see. But he says, hey, yeah. He, I'm, is I'm he like go- Russ? Is he limitless? I'm, I'm going to go Bills um, because while Stafford says he has no limitations, I mean Von Miller quite literally just left L.A. and mm. he knows how to get after Matthew Stafford. He does. Like, he practiced against him all last season. Eh, there's so. so much hype around Buffalo. Buffalo is so a very good much. team, but like, I'm, I'm looking. I, mean, I, I am looking forward to seeing Bobby Wagner so. and Aaron Donald. So. Bobby Wagner so. and Aaron Donald together. That's going to be yeah a complete problem for when when we were those guys. We got yeah, a I chance. Think, I think Josh Allen will get some plays off though. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. When we got a chance to go to the NFL Network while yeah. we were in LA, we I asked somebody about that. Like you've been to a bunch of different camps. Who has stood out? Like what? Where do the Cowboys compare? And they said, well, the Cowboys are good. Like, don't get us wrong. Like they're very talented. And even the practice, the, the, the tempo of the practice is good. He said, but Buffalo, 
whoa, Buffalo. Well, he was like, that's next level. It was special in Buffalo. So they're, uh, they've got some hype, and they've got yeah. some hype for a reason. But this isn't talking Bills. Heck no, no, it's, it's not. not. This is talking Cowboys. This is freaking star right there. Gar star. Darn it. Freaking star. Gosh darn it. It's a nice uh, shirt you got there, Kyle. Look at the texture on thanks, that man. thing. Huh? Appreciate it. Custom, uh, custom. Thread count on that. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. massive. <laughs> Botanical. It's I, didn't massive. Pay, I didn't pay for it. <laughs> it's Rob, give us some news and some notes. Cowboys back on the practice field today after a day off yesterday. Yes. First uh, Wednesday practice of the regular season. They're going to be outside. Like you said, they did have Tuesday off. They practiced on Monday. There was no injury report. So this will be our first injury report day of the season. A couple guys to keep an eye on. Uh, Jordan Lewis, they're trying to get him ready for week one. Coming off that hamstring, we just mentioned L.A. It was out there in the Chargers week where he got banged up in that game. Also, uh, Kelvin Joseph had a concussion in the preseason finale. He hasn't been doing full work yet, so keep an eye on that for Sunday heading into that week one opener. And if you're interested in this sort of thing, the unofficial Cowboys depth chart is out for week one. Let's freaking go. No real surprises. What, what, if, if you say real surprises, expecting surprises, yeah, unofficial depth chart. Mm, nev- not really, never. Yeah, not that. Yeah. Any, any, <laughs> that's any. Why exactly, exactly. That's why I said if you're exactly. interested in that thing. Yeah, exactly. We know, we know these guys. So we know it, he's got. Uh, what we got here? Left tackle Tyron Smith. Tyler Smith. Uh, Connor McGovern at left guard. Quentin Bohanna listed as a starting defensive tackle. Oh. And the kickoff and punt returner, Cavante Turpin. Really? Listed first on the depth chart. Really? Tony Pollard. Yes. It was going to be Dalton Schultz. Yes. Returning? Yeah. Stop. (laughs) Yes. Stop it. So two cornerbacks potentially injured. Yeah. Well... I, I don't know. They're they're gonna get guys ready to go. Yeah, I'm not we'll sure about more. I'm not sure about Joseph with the concussion. That's a tricky deal. Yeah. But I think yeah, it sounded as far like as Jordan Lewis yeah. is concerned. I mean, he he said you know early last week that he was on track. Um, we've seen and heard nothing to the contrary. Uh, in Monday's individual workouts, he was moving exceptionally well over there in and out of his breaks. Looked quick look back to form so you know that's what you're looking for when a guy's coming off of a hamstring tweak he showed no limitations to me so today will be key like Rob said to seeing if he can get back to team drills and and getting back on the field but as we have this conversation I don't have any concern for Jordan Lewis getting on the field for week one I always have a concern when it's a hamstring I was just about to ask you always have I've had my share of a hamstring and you really don't get that thing yes look coming out of breaks and being quick and agile all that stuff helps but when you got to turn and open up that's when that's when Mr. Hammy comes and grabs you. There's so a difference between testing. practice speed and game speed <laughs> when it comes to a Hammy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully he's good. Hopefully, and obviously we'll find out more as the week goes along. I, 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 I hope that he's good because they need J. Lou. It's well, I'll, I'll also tell you why why I'm not entirely con, uh, why not? concerned with it, but we'll get to that. Okay, we'll get to that later. Matchups. Yeah, oh, okay, <laughs> that's it's okay. perfect segue. Yeah. One other thing, Tyler Smith talked to him again on Monday. He says he's full go with that ankle. He's got mm. he's had both ankles taped up, one more heavily than the other, mm. but he's got no limitations. He says he might wind up on the injury report, but the expectations is he'll start at left tackle. Do you think that he has passed the test? It's not really a test. Has he has he now worked his way to getting taped up by Britt Brown? Do you think that he's that he's crossed that? That, 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 You're that, saying instead that wall. of one of Britt's workers, yeah, Britt like does not tape trainers. up everybody. Yeah, you, in order, if you're getting taped up by Britt Brown, you have his respect. Do you think? Why don't you? Oh, that, why don't you text that. him? Oh yes, it's like a hierarchy. 
Oh, there's definitely a hierarchy. Yeah. I've seen Brick kick people off his table. Shoot Absolutely. him a text. Oh, huh? okay. Shoot, Shoot him, him a text and see. I'm not sure if I got B's number. Mm. Oh, I know you do. You I want bet it? you do. <laughs> oh, look at Beam flexing in the back. <laughs> Isaiah with you, the hard hitting questions this morning. That's I mean, that's a real question. That's a fact. That's a real yeah. I mean, that's a real thing. Yeah. You know that I mean He'd I tell knew, you I that, knew, too. He would oh, totally he would tell, tell you, that. you that. I remember when I was a rookie, I would just get in where I fit in, you know. And you tape your own ankles? No, oh. no, 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 no. I got taped up by whoever. <laughs> and the reason why, the ankle tape is crucial. Yeah. All right, I, I need yeah. people to listen. Look, look where my one shot is. <laughs> the ankle tape is crucial. Okay? Cowbite, cowbite. You understand this? Right. If you get taped up by somebody who doesn't know what they're doing, okay, they're not efficient, they're not smooth, they don't have the swoops and all that jazz, that thing will cut in on your Achilles yeah. in the middle of practice, in the middle of one-on-ones, and you're going to be in a world of trouble for the rest of practice. All right, And the next following days, because you're going to have a nice little slit, like somebody took a nice little paper cut and it's Right on the back of your ankle. I can respect Isaiah making his point so fervently that he broke the fourth wall. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is only your second show. He broke the fourth wall. It happens like three times a week. (laughs) Usually it's only during the Essilor read, but but yeah. Yeah, it it happens a lot. You'll get used to it. But that's, I mean, that's honestly, that's something you don't think about. Because if if we're out here watching practice and we're like, oh my gosh, Tyler Smith is just getting roasted on the edge. And it's like, oh, he got his ankle tape messed up. <laughs> Nobody ever thinks He's about that. got a paper cut on his Achilles. <laughs> <laughs> Laceration hey, on his ankle. Hey, any player Next out there, anybody report. who's played football before, can, or basketball really, but mostly football, can go out there, tweet it. If you've had a bad ankle tape job, you, it's real. It is a real thing. It's a condition. Yeah, it is a condition. Us, People don't us. play around with their ankle tape, y'all. I'm telling you. Take a, on the injury report is Tyler Smith. Tape. Bad, bad tape job. <laughs> Probable, Probable tape. There will be a line out the training room to wait for one guy. If he's if he is efficient with his tape job, you will wait on that one person. Oh, man. I, I want to know how Keep. many people have had bad tape jobs in their athletic career. Oh my gosh. Doesn't oh, matter yeah, the level. Yeah, yeah. High school, college, NFL, I don't care. You could be a pro ultimate Frisbee player for all I care. I want to know Let about your ankle up tape. On your, on your, on your uh, leg here if you want to. I'm not going to get yelled at by Britt for texting him, but if I see him today, I'm going to ask oh, him. Oh, ask yeah. him. Please, yeah. please do. All right. Defensive matchups to watch. We're going to preview the Cowboys defense versus this Tampa Bay offense here on Wall Wednesday. And mm-hmm. I, I really think – there's an opportunity here for this defense to shine. but And we're going to get to that later on. Why can they shine against this Tampa Bay offense, who had really, really good numbers last year? They were fourth in yardage. They were uh, right up at the top in terms of explosive pass plays. They were actually number one in explosive pass plays of 10 yards or more. So three times I know that was not hard or not easy. How... What or what defensive matchups are we looking for here, guys? You, you teased one a little bit earlier, so I'll let you start, Pat. What... Defensive matchups that you've got your eye on that you want to keep uh, that you think the Cowboys can take advantage of. Well, well it's easy to, to draw a red circle around Trevon Diggs versus Mike Evans, although we don't know just yet if Diggs is going to shadow Evans or mm-hmm. if you know if Chris Godwin is going to play and if Godwin plays, you know how to, what's the Anthony Brown Diggs dynamic there between those two receivers. But I, as far as the secondary is concerned, I'm very interested in that battle at the slot receiver position for the uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yeah. because Russell Gage he himself is nursing a hamstring issue. Okay, so they acquire Russell Gage. You would like to believe that, or they would like to believe that he's going to be on the field for Week One. But what if it's Scotty Miller instead of Russell Gage, right? If it's Scotty Miller versus Jordan Lewis, 
you know, even though Jordan is coming off of a hamstring injury himself, there's been ample time for Lewis to get 90, let's say 98%. Okay. A 98% Lewis for me coming off of a career best season last year, three interceptions, 11 pass breakups, you know, 60 plus tackles and 13 starts. Give me the edge to Jordan Lewis over Scotty Miller. If Russell Gage is out there, Gage's hamstring injury was suffered more recently than Jordan Lewis. Edge to me still goes to Jordan Lewis. And I think that the offensive, or I should say the passing attack for the Buccaneers will go as the slot receivers go because that's going to be the pressure release valve for Tom Brady Mm. if he cannot effectively, consistently get to Mike Evans if Chris Godwin is not on the field. That exacerbates the need for the Buccaneers to really get going at the slot. I like that. I do too because I there we know they're banged up on the offensive line. Yeah, absolutely. You know you're banged up in terms of Godwin and what he's bringing back after a, a long term injury. I mean, the fact that Gage is a little banged up too. I mean, that means they're thin at wide receiver. Correct. As much as you'd like to think of, I mean, of course, Mike Evans is still Mike Evans. Don't get me wrong. And Julio Jones. And you know, Julio Jones is in that room yeah, or whatever. Right, right, right. Uh, Jalen Darden's probably the best player on that field right now, but. North Texas grad, Jalen Darden, I should say. Mm. You know why I did that. Of course you did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I knew it was coming. But <laughs> people are looking at the Cowboys question marks and saying, oh my gosh, Tampa Bay's got their own questions too. I think we're going in the same direction. Okay. I'm missing the offensive line, and we're so close to the Cowboys, and it's it's reality. Like their offensive line questions are real. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we've talked about the interior line, now left tackle. We'll see how Tyler Smith fares there. But if you look close at Tampa Bay, you're probably concerned about their interior line, their yes. left guard, their center oh, yeah. spot. Luke Decky is going to probably start at left guard, Robert Hainsey at center. And that's not a strength for them, at least on paper, because those guys have not done it. It's the same thing we've talked about with the Cowboys. Oh, they're young in this spot. Oh, they're inexperienced in this spot. Um, it looks like Tristan Wirfs will be able to go for them at right tackle, and that's probably their strength is their edges. But we've talked all offseason about how versatile this interior defensive line is, how they've got edge guys that can play inside. Pat mentioned even Sam Williams can move inside on certain downs. Demarcus Lawrence has played the three tech. Like They've got a lot of different guys that can move inside and cause havoc on passing downs against this interior Bucks line, so that's the one I'm watching. Because they've got, okay, so Haynes, he's a third-round pick from last year, 2021. Yeah, young guys. Luke Gadecki out of Central Michigan, he's playing his first NFL game ever. Second-round pick. Right? Second-round pick. Still really small school. Mm-hmm. Really good player. Out, huge out of, stage. Same thing we're talking about with, yeah, with Tyler Smith. Exactly. Oh, he only played at Tulsa, that kind of thing. And then they've got Donovan Smith on the edge. He played really well last year. He was like an 80-plus in terms of PFF. But the right side of their line, good. Wirfs, Mason, check. They're, they're usually fine. Maybe. To a certain extent. Worse doesn't sound confident. No, he might really? play. Yeah, he, he might, might play. Yeah. But in, in recent interviews, uh, the past few days, he doesn't sound confident in that oblique. He himself said he would, if push came to shove, he would rather rest it a little bit longer mm-hmm. to prevent a potential setback or, or you know, re-aggravation of it than to have to play. But, you know, obviously it's not his call for the most part. If he's cleared medically enough to play and Todd Bowles says, hey, you're playing because it's week one, it's, you know, Sunday night football against the Cowboys, get out there. Yeah. But my point is, even if he is out there, he's not 100% 
physically nor mentally because mentally he's still worried about that oblique. That's something to watch, even if he's out there. Then is this a chance for 90 to go 100? Absolutely. <laughs> Demarcus Lawrence, is Absolutely. he looking his chops right now? Underdog, upper dog, doesn't matter to him. <laughs> I love right? that. Quote. <laughs> That's a good quote by this is, this, to, you know, To that point and, and to Rob's point, this, this is an offensive line that lost a pro bowler in Ali Marpet to retirement. Uh, you know, you lose Alex Kappa to free agency. Worfs suffers injury in the offseason, or I should say in training camp in, in preseason. We were talking about him mentally. Is he actually wanting to be on the field for week one? Uh, and, and then you put in a, a you know rookie, second-round pick, albeit second-round pick, but still a rookie from a small school. I, I feel like for all the question marks and all the, the you know, justifiable concern surrounding the Cowboys' offensive line, why is there not the same level of concern. Why is it not DEFCON 1? Oh, I think I know the answer. <laughs> because it, it, in Tampa Bay, and I know he's going to go with Thomas and say because of Thomas. His name is Thomas Brady. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say um, Very much so. All you guys have very valid points. Um, their offensive line is beat up more than Dallas Cowboys. Offensive line is beat up. Um, they're, um, they're weak where we are strong on the op- op- opposing mm-hmm. side. A lot of opportunities for the Dallas Cowboys to get some pressure. And if historically, and I've been in those meeting rooms, if you get pressure on TB12 from the interior line, from the interior mm-hmm. line, you cause him problems. You get him frustrated, he gets angry, he starts cursing out his players, things get crazy. Mm. Okay, If you can have interior pressure. Exterior pressure from the defense end position, eh, step up all day long. He's just smooth as dog on margarine if you allow him to step up there in the pocket. But if he can't step up, Obviously, he's not the most agile person in the world. He it causes him problems. He does not like that. Trying to move laterally. He does not like disruption in front of his face. So our interior guys have to go ham. What Micah Parsons did last year has to go ham. Mm. Dan Quinn, get creative. You know, cause some mismatches. Test out these young guys that you guys are talking about on the offensive front. Test out these inexperienced guys. Mm -hmm. Make you know, do some stunts. Do some cross across their face. You know, do do some things that make things hard for them. The reason why. I, I pump my brakes a little bit. It's because I know this man, and I know how much studying he does. Mm-hmm. More than any other human probably on earth. And I know the communication that he demands of his offensive line, specifically. Of everybody on offense, but specifically his offensive line. If he feels like there is any form of a threat in terms of those guys not protecting him efficiently or them not being on the same page, they will be doing walkthroughs from 12 a.m. to 4 a.m. at his house until they have it figured out. Hmm. He will not sleep. He will not eat. (laughs) He will not throw a ball Mm -hmm. until these guys are all on one accord. He is of the mindset where if you're going to be wrong, we're going to be wrong together. And there's going to be nobody that's isolated. When we slide, we slide together. There's no gaps. There's no seams. Don't worry about that guy over there. I got him. Counterpoint. Okay. Counterpoint. Everything you said is correct. Tom Brady is inhuman. Okay. Inarguably, for me, the best quarterback to ever do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. That said, um, execution still matters. Absolutely. I believe Tom Brady is going to execute because he's Tom Brady. But we're talking about a rookie second-round pick on the interior. We're talking about a, a young NFL guy mm-hmm. at center. And you just mentioned a few moments ago, as it relates to Jordan Lewis, practice reps and game speed, 
two different things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you got two young interior guys going against a more seasoned guy and hungry in mm-hmm. someone like Neville Gallimore, for example, who for my money is going to lead the charge for the Cowboys interior line. As Neville goes, you will see Quentin Bohana go, Chauncey Ghoston go, yeah. Oso Digizua go. Once these young guys, I mean, you, they're they're in the film room and they're on the practice field with Tom Brady and they're absorbing all of this and it's magnificent, it's wonderful, everything's great until that ball is snapped and Neville Gallimore is bearing down on you mm. like you're trying to steal his sack lunch. Because you are. Because he wants the sack for lunch. Okay? I think that these the youth on the interior offensive line is what's going to be the Achilles heel because even though Brady is Brady and he can – compensate Mm -hmm. for a lot of those deficiencies, but he can't compensate for every deficiency because at the end of the day, this particular player Mm -hmm. or that particular player, they still have to execute in their role. There will be times where Brady's greatness will compensate for their deficiency, but it won't be 100% of the time. So then the question becomes, in those times where it's not uh, compensating for it, Neville Gallimore, can you capitalize? Osa, can you capitalize? Quentin, can you capitalize? Demarcus Lawrence, maybe if the pressure on the ends isn't enough to get to Brady, stunts. Now we're talking to oh, Dan yeah, Quinn. He's going right, right up the middle. Right right up the middle. Yeah. Dan Quinn isn't a spring chicken in this game no, either. for sure. Right? Dan, <laughs> Dan Quinn knows a little bit about getting after quarterbacks mm-hmm. and getting Brady. And, you know, Brady knows a lot about Brady. Yeah. So I, I say all that Brady to say knows a lot about Brady is <laughs> fair. Fair. So the question is, where does it, where does it start to yeah, cancel so, out? And it starts so to cancel out in the execution of the players that are protecting Exactly. Brady. So to that point. I say all that to say, I'll backdoor it. Dallas, on paper, Dallas, personnel-wise, has an advantage, hands down. Mm-hmm. Hands down. Yeah. Mentally, mm-hmm. um, intelligence-wise, players-wise, you know, in terms of the communication and mm-hmm. all that stuff, I'm going to give that edge to to TB12 and the guys that he's teaching. Brady, Just okay. from playing with him Just and from knowing, knowing him. this Brady, guy. Brady is Brady. Right? Okay, he's so, taking that New England culture with him to Tampa. Absolutely. Yeah. Brady Dallas will be effective if their one-on-one matchups are won. And that seems really vanilla to say. You're not going to – you might win a series or a couple plays scheming things up and confusing these young guys. Mm-hmm. That will get corrected really quick. The battles on the interior line, the battles on that front, those one-on-one matchups, when you there is no stunt, it's just head up, I'm going against you, I'm Gallimore, I'm Osa, those are going to have to be what makes things difficult for TB12 and his offense, not necessarily the scheme. So how has Brady changed over the years? I want to answer that question when we come back on the other side of the break. Also, how can Micah Parsons rushing the passer more often against Tampa Bay this year, more so than he did last year in Week 1, change the culture of how that game turned out in 2021 and turn it into a win for the Cowboys in 22. When we come back with more Talking Cowboys. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. 
where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Little sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper is on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a broken traffic light. Stop and go is the name of my game. It's easy. You go, they go. What was it? They go, you go. <laughs> and if you have the wrong car insurance, these repair costs could stop you in your tracks. So get Allstate's new low auto rate and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Not available in every state, based on coverage and limits selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Back to Talking Cowboys. Head to AT&T Stadium on Saturday, September 10th to experience Rally Day presented by SeatGeek. Get ready to cheer on your Dallas Cowboys with tours of AT&T Stadium, ticket giveaways, games, inflatables, and more. Visit attstadium.com slash rallydays for tickets and for more information. Of course, that's coming up on Saturday, September 10th. Back here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. I'm sipping on their Medal of Honor blend today. Check them out at blackriflecoffee.com. And 100% of the proceeds of this Medal Medal of Honor coffee go to the National Medal of Honor Museum that will be in Arlington. Mm, So keep that in mind. All right. We just had a great conversation in that first segment about Tom Brady. And, And, of course, Isaiah, you've got an inside source yourself. And the fact that you played—that's <laughs> a doggone good source. There, the, I'm just saying. The fact that you played with Tom Brady yeah. in in New England, and anytime we get a chance to to talk about this, I just I, I feel like I learned something new about him and what he does from a preparation oh, standpoint. You just talked about how their readiness is what will put them over the top. How has he changed over the years, though? Because Dallas is 0 for six. They're looking for their first win against Tom Brady ever, and the closest they got was last, last season yeah. when it was 31-29. How how is he different from when you played with him, and now what you've seen along the way, and, and just being in touch with him throughout? Where is he different? It's kind of weird and scary at the same time. He's more cerebral now than he was early on in his career. That's scary. It is uh, because obviously, I mean, y'all saw his interview. He's forty five. He has a lot of boop going on, right. and he's he's recognizing that he's he's getting up there, and he can't move around like he used to, and what tends to happen, right? You talk about some of the greats, you think about like the the freaking Ray Lewis's of the world and all those guys, they they step up their mental. They step up their preparation. All those things have to be uh, at its peak because physically you're a step behind. And I think over the years, TB12 has relied less on his ability to even like, he still has a freaking cannon. He's relied less on his ability to push it down the field and his focus so much more on moving the chains. And and how effective that is, not only from a time management standpoint, 
But in terms of getting guys in a groove, in terms of spreading the ball around, in terms of keeping defenses off kilter, we're talking about where our our strength is right now is the defensive line. Well, the way way in which I've seen him combat that in the past is freaking RPOs out the wazoo on plays that you don't even know there's an RPO. There was, there was, you know, when I was out there playing in New England, there's RPOs on plays. I'm just, I'm going out there to block, and all of a sudden he throws a ball to Edelman or freaking West. And I'm like, what the heck was that? And he was like, he, he looked at me. I'm like, what do you mean he looked at you? He looked at me. That man ran a slant. I'm like, what kind of crap is this? You know what I'm saying? So it's like there's so many elements of his game like that where he keeps guys off balance. So, yeah, defensive lines and things like that might be all ramped up and they're hyped up for the matchup, and all of a sudden you come off the ball and the, and the ball's out of his hand. Mm. Or, you know what I'm saying, or the screen's going the other way. Or, you know, and all of a sudden now you're looking at where can I get my hands up at instead of rushing the guy, mm-hmm. right? So there's so many different elements like that where he's just kind of savvy. And he has wisdom. There's nobody in this game, nobody coaching this game right now has more wisdom than him or freaking Belichick. And obviously he's not with Belichick anymore, but those two guys have played the most meaningful games out of anybody in this freaking league. Think about Tyler Smith was born in April 2001. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was Brady was getting wow. ready for his first Super Bowl wow. season. Wow, with the Pats, that's, it's just, that's it, a stat. It's wild. It's absolutely wild. And the other thing I'd say about Brady, and this is an intangible thing, because Pat Pat's right. It comes down to the science. Like, can you win the matchups? Right. Can, can the guys the help around yep. him? But I don't know if it's the best time to face him right now because you mentioned all the bleep that he's been dealing with. He's got MJ to him. Yes, he like does. he he. He has heard all this crap about how he's 45 and at some point he's going to fall off and and he missed 11 days in training camp and maybe they're not on the same page as an offense and all this stuff and he's going to use all that stuff Motivation. as fuel and it and not not that it's not all legitimate but he's going to try to take it out on the Dallas Cowboys Sunday night. Oh yeah, that's, so, that's how but, he but is. Could, but yeah, could, could that also be viewed as a potential distraction though? No. Be, no, I mean, no, listen, could, no, listen. With any other normal any other, being, hey, Pat, Pat, I, I hear you. I hear you. Here's what I'm saying. I, and I know where you're going saying. with it. What I'm saying is all the bleep that he has going on, we don't know the extent of it, right? Because it, it you know, it could be personal related, you know, personal life, whatever the case may be. Or he could be on the mass singer. Oh, he could be, oh, he could be one of the mass singers, <laughs> yeah. which is the rumor, yeah. right? But my point is, could this be one of those rare moments where the cerebral assassin is distracted. Triple H? <laughs> <laughs> Where you go? My guy. Could, that, wrestling that's references. Pat, that's all I'm saying. And, and, Project and, Pat, yes, there's there's always a chance. That, that's what I mean. There's always, that's, so that's you're saying, saying there's a chance. So you're okay? saying there's, there's always a chance, chance. But the most, the worst thing that you could do, and I don't, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to gas up Tampa Bay. I'm just telling you the oh, real no, about, about TV Brady. 12. Yeah, the Brady. last thing you want to do is give him a lot of time to study. And there's no greater opportunity to study more than there is for your first game. That's fair. Especially when there's no changes from the coaching staff. I do I do like that. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, this yeah. is somebody that he's going going to say is TB12 versus Quinn. And he knows Quinn. Quinn knows him. Quinn has more more resources, more talent, more things at his disposal to, to utilize to try to combat TB12. And best believe Quinn wants some payback. Right, he wants some payback. He had he had a little bit yeah, last year. He wants more. He didn't he didn't convert on that the way in which he wanted to. So Quinn's a competitor too. Let's not get it confused. That's he wants that too. Yeah, no, not at all. Quinn but is. but at the in the back of his head, TB12 is like, I got your number. Mm-hmm. I got your number. And Quinn is looking. You were whooping my tail, and, and guess what? 
I was cool, calm, and collected. Came right back on your tail. And, and, and then I did it again at, the next year. And Quinn year. is looking at Brady like, Absolutely. Hey, you have my number, but absolutely. But does this rookie have Neville's hey. number and Quentin's number? And, and the answer is and no. The and the answer is no. And yeah. the answer is no. Great segue <laughs> here because last year, whenever Brady went up against this Dallas defense, they didn't have the bazooka ready to roll. Yeah, right. the bazooka hadn't been unleashed yet. He was right. still in the case. He was out there, but they just didn't open him up yet. <laughs> it didn't really happen until week two because last year. About 40% of the snaps for Micah Parsons was at the defensive line, was up front, in in the front line, off of the line of scrimmage, or excuse me, on the line of scrimmage. He only had 10 snaps up front against Tampa Bay, which was 25% of his snaps oh, yeah. that day. So there's a significant difference from the way he was utilized against the Buccaneers and the way he was utilized the rest of the season. Rob, when you look at Micah Parsons and what he is now, if he played that same ferocity, that same downhill mentality of going after the quarterback and pass rushing the way that we know he can now, last year, does it make a huge difference in that matchup and can it do so this year? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, and you're right, like I went back and I, I wrote about this last year. He, What I wrote was he played 65 snaps. I counted 12 times where he was either a rusher or a blitzer on the line of, near the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and And he said that was his worst game. Because he, you know, he was just figuring stuff out, and a lot of the time he was chasing around Gronk and Leonard Fournette. He was he was in coverage a lot too. We'll see what happens, but they un- they unlock something the next week. To your point against the Chargers, where wow, he can rush, and he's had a full yeah. year to refine that. I'm not saying he's a finished product as a pass rusher. I hope not. But man, they've <laughs> Quinn has found all different. He's had a year to figure out. Oh, we can and like 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 Isaiah said. I mean. They, they played this game last year, and so they know the personnel, and there's going to be some more opportunities for him, I would imagine, to be around the quarterback. Mike, Micah Parsons in this defense physically should dominate these guys on offense. Fact. They sh- I'm just laying that out. Physically, they should dominate it. Mentally, they're going to have to stay locked in for the entire freaking game. Because Tom will, it's almost like a pickpocket, or like a like a locksmith is what I'm thinking. Physically, might take a little bit, but at some point he's going to unlock something. If he if he gets you talking, he talks. He he talks. So that's what I'm saying. Like he will test you in so many different ways. Like I'll need people to understand that. Like physically, they, Cowboys might come out and bam, 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 bam. Michael Parsons sack, boom. You know all they they might go ham. The energy's going crazy. Stay focused. Stay focused because because he he will he will he will find something and if you're not locked in if you're more locked in on him or you're more locked in on somebody else on the offense that's talking mess or you're distracted in any form or fashion that will be the that's the freaking Debo window that's the Debo window that's the crack in the window that he needs <laughs> and you and, and my my hope yeah my hope is that Micah and the rest of this defense D Law D whoever the leaders are in this defense keeps everybody engaged and locked in for the entire game because if they can play to their abilities, Dallas will dominate this thing defensively if they stay locked in. Here's here's what you have to love about Micah Parsons. Isaiah, you made a, a great point about the more time TB12 has to prepare for a team, the, the greater the odds are that TB12 will be successful against that team. Micah Parsons, the, the more time he has to starve, for doing damage to someone, pure the, competition. The greater the odds are that he's going to just run through 
that that opposing team. Michael Parsons said last week, he said when, when he was asked if he's you know ready for week one, he said, yeah, I'm tired. I'm, I'm ready to play against people I don't like. <laughs> that, and you and as we're watching practice, you can see it like it emanates from him. He mm-hmm. has this aura yeah. of <clears throat> perpetual pissed off at this dog, <laughs> yeah, right? And I think that he's just so ready to unleash that. And you combine that with what the Cowboys know now as far as what he can do. He only had one quarterback hit against Brady last in week one last season. He had no sacks. Those numbers are not going to be the same. He's going to be sent at Brady more yep. against an offensive line that's already questionable. But even if they weren't questionable, Michael was going to be sent at him more. The addition of Anthony Barr will also allow for Michael Parsons to show more of that versatility. But then also, don't count out, Anthony Barr can get after the passer as well. Dan Quinn has oh, yeah. so many bullets in the chamber. Yeah to throw yeah, at yeah. Tom Brady. And Micah Parsons is the bazooka. And not just that, you guys can attest to this, the lion is freaking starving it, right now. It was eye-opening listening to him last week. Not just the, what he said about uh, playing against people I don't like, but, you know, because there was a lot of talk about he had a lot of fun this offseason. He, he threw out the first pitch at games. He got to be on TV. And He's then, doing a TV segment nationally <laughs> during the season. He said, I got to be the best player in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Best player. I got, it's not about stats. It's about making my teammates better. Right. I mean, yep. he sounded like a super <clears throat> perpetual, pissed-offedness, motivated guy to be great. And I, I, that was eye-opening to me because I, I, I know he's motivated. I know he works yeah. hard, but I, he's, he's, he's locked in for the this man, The man said there's no one specifically that brings a charge out of him. He is, and I quote, the, the, <laughs> He's trying to kill everybody out there, mm. end quote. Uh, this, nice. He's not normal mm-hmm. in the best possible way from a football perspective. He is different. So as as And we're not going to, you know, uh, put them on the same pedestal. Brady is Brady, and Micah has a, a hell of a lot more to uh, learn, grow, improve. Um, but I think we can all agree that Micah Parsons, um, this defense, as stout as it is personnel-wise, It'll go as Micah Parsons goes, and I think Micah Parsons, as early as week one, is going to do some real damage. Hopefully, it's not just Micah Parsons, too. Uh, Hopefully, it's the secondary. Hopefully, it's the linebacking core outside of Parsons. Maybe it's that defensive line we were just talking about. We haven't mentioned Trayvon Diggs yet, and I want to talk about him on the way on the other side of the break. Can he replicate what he did against Mike Evans last year, Mm -hmm. which was three receptions for 24 yards, a pick, and two pass deflections? So, Can he do that again, and how can he do that again? When we come back with more Talking Cowboys. Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. 
where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now, Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is, Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talking Cowboys. Whether you're watching from home or you're cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you can see every exciting play. <laughs> Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and see what Essilor can do for you. See more. Do more. Essilor on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Nosey Walker, Rob Phillips, Chris Beam. I'm Kyle Yeomans. It's like that Usher give. Exactly. Watch this. Like this? Watch, watch, watch this. this. <laughs> I like that. That's a good reference. All right. Trayvon Diggs versus Mike Evans. Shut last, him down. Last year, absolutely shut him down. Yep. No doubt. Three for 24. He was the. He was. It might have been Trayvon Diggs outside of the interceptions later on. Might have been his best coverage game of the year. You want some next gen stats, real quick? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Trayvon Diggs. Science. Sh- science, all right. <laughs> he shadowed Mike Evans, aligning across from him on 39 of his 47 routes. That's 83%. He allowed just one reception for 10 yards on three targets and was in press coverage on over half his routes against Ooh. Evans. 51%, man. Ooh. Yeah. Disrespectful, Rocky. Mm, mm, Gets the people going. He was like, he was like a wedgie that just you couldn't get out. That's a great analogy. That's that's one of your top ten right there. There it is. That's a uh, that's one that Legos are my favorite. But (laughs) (laughs) the Legos last week with Kellen Moore, Dumbwater's Legos. And we're talking about a perennial thousand yard receiver. Oh yeah, Mike Evans. Eight straight seasons, most active seasons in a row with a thousand yards. And and the question that's posed is, can Diggs do it again? Yes. How? I, I say yes. I'm of the mindset that once you show me you could do something once, you just show me you can do it twice. Right. So the fact that Diggs has shown that he can shadow a receiver of that nature, and, and Mike Evans is no small guy. Okay. He is physical. Oh, yeah. He he is he plays violent at the point of attack. Um he can high point high point balls. But Diggs basically deleted him from that game. And <laughs> delete, at, delete, 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 delete. <laughs> and obviously there are gonna be some uh <laughs> Some game plan changes as far as how they try to attack uh, Diggs from a Mike Evans standpoint because that's just how coaching in the NFL goes. Uh, but to Trayvon Diggs's, you know, credit, here's another offseason under Dan Quinn, another offseason to learn under, uh, you know, Al Harris. Uh, and he's feeling great. He looks good. And, you know, one or two viral practice videos <laughs> aside, Diggs has looked mostly fantastic. Yeah, camp. He set the standard for for the secondary, uh, and that's you know bringing up young guys like Deron Bland and helping them, um, you know, kind of acclimate quickly to the NFL. But I think Diggs is arguably better than he was in his record setting slash record tying twenty twenty one season. So I do not see, I have not seen a regression in training camp from Trevon Diggs. So nothing for me 
points at Diggs being not being able to do what he did against Mike Evans. From a scheming standpoint, Isaiah, where uh, Rob just talked about press coverage 50% mm-hmm. of the time or more than 50% of the time. Yeah. How do you see that going again? Do you think Diggs is up and pressing Mike Evans and it's a one-on-one matchup? Or, or where do you see the scheme helping Trayvon in an, a matchup with the six foot five, two 230-pounds yeah. <clears throat> Mike Evans? I don't think that Diggs is going to have a problem with Mike Evans. And that has nothing to do with last year. I just think that he is a good matchup for him. I think that Diggs likes the challenge. He's yes. of that that probably 1% of cornerbacks that just really believes that he can guard you, not just convincing himself of it, but that he truly believes it, and he's fully capable of doing it. And I, so I think that he's going to be perfectly fine. I, I'm not worried about Evans. I'm more so worried about the other guys and whether or not they're going to be allowed to get off and the guys that you forget about because you get so focused on a mm-hmm. Mike Evans. So now you're going to your other defensive backs on your depth chart. You're talking about Jay Lou not necessarily being 100% possibly. So now you're looking at Anthony Brown, you're looking at Deron Bland, you're looking at some of these guys, and can they step up and make plays against the Russell Gages um, <clears throat> of the world and, and Perryman. So that's where my concern is. I have full confidence in Diggs, and I think that he'll continue to do what he does in terms of being a playmaker. He is working his way to being that cornerback in the league that you just don't really want to go at. I think the challenge for him is going to be to resist from going after those big plays and mm-hmm. being okay with just the pad. There was just the PBUs, the pad, the pass uh, breakups. You know, because sometimes against bigger guys like this, if you go for that INT and you swing and miss. All of a sudden, that 6'5 frame reaches over, snatches that, that cereal off the top of your head, and is, can go the other way. I know a lot of that is instinct for a defender. Yes. And especially a guy with the ball skills of Trayvon Diggs. And, oh, my gosh, he had 11 interceptions last year. But how much of that is coaching, too, of saying, okay, we're okay with a PBU every once in a while. If you can catch it, go catch the ball. We're, we're, we're talking about a, a cornerback that had 21 pass breakups. That's a good last, point. Last yeah. season. Yep. So he is – Trayvon Diggs is equally as – uh, prepared and anxious to take the ball away when the opportunity presents itself as he is ready to knock the ball away when the opportunity presents itself. Mm-hmm. It's not that he had 11 interceptions and only had five or six PBUs. Like, he was up there leading the oh, yeah. league in, in PBU. So he's a, a stout coverage guy, you know, regardless of what social media sphere might tell you. And I, to your, to your question, I like him pressing Mike Evans. I don't think Mike Evans is a guy that you should allow a release on. Because if you allow the release on Mike Evans, you're putting a whole lot of pressure on your safety unit. I was about to say, over the top. Now, here's a – wow, I can't believe I'm saying this. But the Cowboys safety unit looks so good that – What did you say, Nacha? Say it again. It only took two off seasons in under Dan Quinn. But this safety unit looks really, yeah. really good. And – Touching on your point, Isaiah, first of all, Trevon Diggs can break up passes. We've seen mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But I don't want him to get away from his style of play, his aggressive playmaker style of play, nor does he have to because the safety unit looks, personnel-wise, it looks stout. You got Malik Hooker. Donovan Wilson is now healthy. He's a former breakout safety. Jaron Curse, we'll, we'll count him as a linebacker. Okay, fine. But Israel McQuamu is coming on, and then you look at a young guy like Juan Ye, you will yeah. see how he plays in the NFL. But this safety unit looks like it has the cornerback's back, which is something that you couldn't say two seasons ago. So now you have Trevon Diggs, a playmaker, a ball hawk, um, but also Anthony Brown. You brought up Anthony Brown. Anthony Brown, quiet as it's kept, 
he had a really good season last year. No, he's, he's having he's just, one of the yeah. best camps this year. Yeah. So yeah. now you, I think the Cowboys are in a situation where good. you you can't not eventually throw at Diggs because if you throw at Brown, he's shown he can pick the ball off. Three last year. And, and said that he probably himself no, left five guys, or six. That on, was, so. uh, yeah, that was a tough opener for him against yeah. Antonio Brown, who's yeah. not on this roster anymore. I'm interested, Isaiah, I'm interested to see how much teams throw at Diggs this year because he is going to stay aggressive to Pat's yep. point. And that's why they kept throwing at him because, hey, maybe we can catch him on some double moves and things like that. He was probably thrown at more than he should have been because he is he is that dangerous. But yep. I'm curious if, if he is going to evolve into, hey, we just got to stay away from him. And I, Anthony yeah. Brown is going to get five think, or six interceptions if yeah. you try to stay away from Diggs. I think they're going <laughs> to test him. I, I mean, obviously, right? They're going to test him. There's GB12, at least, is not going to shy away from, oh, from never, Diggs. Never. Right? But yeah. – he might make him pay for it, and I hope he does. I hope, I hope Diggs does make him pay for it. He is that lint in your in your pocket. You know, he's going to stay right there with you. He's everywhere you go. He's going to go. And I, again, I, I think it really comes down to the other guys. I really think it comes down to the other guys. Mike Evans is going to get a couple catches here and there. You know, last year he only had we one don't against know if Diggs. Godwin's even playing. Godwin's right. most likely, even if he plays, not hundred percent. I doubt that Gage, he's out there. They're not going to put somebody out there as a smoking gun, right? He's what not. about Julio. Julio's a red zone I guy. I think that's red zone. Okay. Uh, He's a know. red zone guy. I mean, Julio's going to be a possession guy. He's going to be a red zone guy. You got to remember how big Julio is. Julio's ginormous. Right. And, you know, if, Dig- if Diggs is on Mike Evans, if you got Diggs on Mike Evans, you can put eight, you know, so let's go ahead and say J. Lou is not 100%. Okay. Let's just assume J. Lou's not playing. If you put Anthony Brown on, um, <clears throat> you put on Russell Gage, now who's on Julio? Julio, by the way, 6'3, mm. 220. So he's a little bit smaller than Evans. But both of those guys in the different. field at the same time. Mukwamu, get they, in there. Yeah, I, <laughs> exactly. Or, or right. You kind of look at Curse and you say, Mukwamu, okay, I need you to shake yeah. down and handle Cameron Braid, one of the tight ends, and I need the bigger guy in Curse to go over yeah. and, and handle and, Julio. And, and I, but you I have the like personnel to do it. I like a but red you zone have the personnel yeah, to do, do it. So it's, you I mean, do. that's what I'm saying. Personnel wise, Dallas is in a really good position. Yeah. Good position. Good matchup. Great matchup. I'm excited about this because I. I felt wronged last year from a Cowboys standpoint. I thought they had they they played that they, game well they, enough to win. That game was a W. Yeah, they, they, if your kicker does what you pay him to do, oh, that games you, you leave four points on the kickers? field. You, they're important. They're pretty important. A little bit. A little bit. We, we haven't talked about Mr. Maher yet this week, so that's a good. We have some on practice squad. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. All right, he's the guy. <laughs> Tomorrow, we're gonna talk about the Cowboys offense and touchdown Thursday. Cowboys offense versus the Tampa Bay defense. We flip the matchup and then it's say it with your chest Friday. Mm. Coming up on Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. Check them out at blackriflecoffee.com. For Chris Beam, Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick No C. Walker, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long. Thanks for joining us this week and we'll see you tomorrow on Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?